Welcome to Live in a Home That Pays You Back, the podcast for people who want to get the absolute most out of owning a home. Your host is Anna D. Simone, who explains how your home can be healthy, sustainable, and provide long-term security for you and your family. Anna's guests include technology leaders and innovators in the housing industry who share the kind of knowledge you need to meet the market with confidence. Make informed decisions about home construction, renovation, energy scores, water conservation, wind, solar, geothermal power, and lots more. It's time for you to live in a home that pays you back. Now here's your host, Anna DeSimone. Hello, everyone. Today's podcast is about log and timber homes. And here with us today is Donna Peak. She is editor-in-chief of Log and Timber Home Living Magazine. Now, this magazine has a 40-year history, and Donna has been part of the log and timber home industry for 23 years, 19 with the magazine, and four years as the executive director of the National Association of Home Builders Log and Timber Homes Council. So I am thrilled to finally meet Donna because we have spoken in the past. And if you're familiar with my book, you may have seen a quote by Donna Peak in the chapter about home building opportunities. And in her quote, she says that home buyers now have the opportunity to have energy efficient features while enjoying the rustic elegance of exposed timber. So welcome, Donna. We're thrilled to have you today. Thank you, Anna. I'm super happy to be here. Very excited. Yeah. Ask me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of log homes, as you know. I mean, I, since I was a kid and I've been reading your magazine for a long, long time. And one of the things that I noticed in your magazine is that you have a lot of manufacturers who offer a log home package that includes the lumber and the materials for someone to build a house on their own land. And so I know people are really interested in doing this and being their own general contractor. So can you take a few minutes to describe the basic components of what a log home package is. I wish that were an easy question to answer because if it okay. were, then we would, well, I don't even know if I would be needed <laughs> if that were an easy question okay. to answer. Um, honestly, it's sort of like asking somebody, what are the components of a car? Where uh-huh, you, have, really? you have a framework, you have wheels, you have a body, but outside of that, It kind of depends on which manufacturer you go with um, to kind of figure out exactly what's in a log package. So there are companies out there that will provide literally just the the wood. You know, they'll mill the wood into a particular what we call log profile. And that essentially could be, you know, just a typical round log like everybody's I think, sort of thinks of, you know, a round log or a square log. There's also something called a D-shaped log, which is flat on one uh-huh. side and round on another. So you can get right. We'll mill those into the particular shape that you want and then literally just ship those logs to a site and you're on your own. Um, a lot of modern mm. companies today take it a step further where, you know, they will provide all the pre-cut materials. They also may provide window and door packages for what we call a weather tight home. So you have windows, doors, 
roof with paper. A lot of times they don't necessarily provide the shingles, you know, for the roof, but they will provide you with everything mm-hmm. that you need to enclose the home and make it weather tight. And then there are other companies that provide complete turnkey services where you can get those roofing materials. You can get your interior framing, you get stair packages, you can get, you know, all of the things that you would need to take it from just what is considered a weather type shell into an actual home. So as you can imagine, with each level of product and service and materials that is provided, the price does go up. So it's kind of like, you know, if you want to buy you know, a a base level car and you just want something that's going to get you around, you might opt for the lower level package. If you want a Mercedes and you want all the bells and whistles, then you have to be prepared to pay for that. So it kind of operates in in much the same way. Um, There's more complexities and intricacies based on, you know, who that particular manufacturer is. Um, But the advice that we always give is, you know, kind of decide how involved do you really want to be? How how involved do you have time to be? Because a lot of people think that, you know, they can save money being their general contractor. And yes, there is money that can be saved there, but it's a full-time job, you know? So if you have yeah. a full-time job and you want another full-time job, well then, okay. But a lot of people don't have the time or the ability to do that. Another caveat to that is that, an actual professional general contractor who has relationships with subcontractors and with builders and, you know, other people that might be needed for the job, they may actually be able to get better pricing for you than you would be able to get on your own because there's no repeat business with a homeowner general contractor where there is with a builder general contractor. So there's all these different factors that need to be considered when you're actually shopping log home packages how do you want your level of involvement to be? And that sort of guides you to what kind of package that you want to purchase. Yeah. Well, I, I see what you mean about comparing it to a car, the different models. And I, I you know, I think it, everyone can accept the fact that you have the lower price model and the exclusive model. But one of the things that I noticed about the Log and Timber Home magazine is that it really gives you everything you need all in one place. And what really stood out to me when I started exploring is that the most important thing that people actually are, are buying and they, what we call the package would be the architectural plans. Because if you, if you're thinking about buying a home, right? Aren't you, if you hire an architect, you might be spending six months or a year just waiting for those plans to be done. And so, I would imagine that, you know, these models have everything done no matter who the builder is. You know, what's funny about that is that, yes, a lot of people will hire an independent architect just because they want that level of customization. And you're right. That is usually anywhere from a six to 12 month process um, to kind of get everything right, get your plans in place, get your plans approved. And many of these producers, manufacturers will have stock floor plans, a catalog of, of plans that are tested, tried and true. The funny thing though, is I would say 99% of every logger timber home out there that starts off as a stock plan ends up being a custom plan. Very uh-huh. few people actually build exactly what is on that piece of paper when they first lay eyes on it. 
So they, that's one of the advantages really, um, of using a, a logger timber manufacturer that has in-house design services is they fully expect that, you know, they, they know that a plan that they put in front of you as part of their catalog is really a starting point. And often, you know, you may, based on your site topography or based on a view that you want to capture or based on the size of your family, say you love a floor plan and it's absolutely perfect, except that you need four bedrooms and it only has three, you know, they will reconfigure the plans um, up to a certain point. You know, if you really start to change a plan and it really becomes like a whole different plan than the starting point. There are usually some fees with that, but a lot of times, you know, um, change orders and customization, you know, that you get so many um, with the manufacturer because they, they know, they know that you're going to have to make some changes. Well, I mean, obviously everyone that wants to build any type of home has to find a piece of land. Mm -hmm. And I, I noticed that, you know, your magazine gives people a lot of resources and some really good advice about choosing the type of land, you know, choosing the site, whether it's angled, you know, considering your views. But because of the energy efficiency priority where people in America today want their homes to be eco-friendly, one of the things that fascinated me when I, when I was writing my book and then you and I were emailing back and forth is that today's log homes could have be net zero, they could be energy star rated, and they are being built with these energy efficient insulated panels. And so what you have is the authentic log look on the outside, but secretly inside is a very highly high performance insulated thermal envelope. So so I wanted you to maybe, you know, tell us, you know, what what can you share about the popularity and the trends? I mean, are people asking for this more and more? Yeah. Um, one thing to make sure to clarify, there are two different, okay, structural insulated panels or what the industry calls SIPs are yeah. um, super popular in both log and timber mm -hmm. homes. Timber homes or timber framed, you know, structures, some people know them by that name. They really encompass all of the walls in a home. So timber framing and log home construction are kissing cousins. You know, they're both exposed timbers, you know, they're both very mm. natural looks, but they're very different building methodologies. So with a timber structure is what's called a point load system. And essentially the framework, the, the series of posts and beams, they carry the entire weight of the structure from the roof down to the ground. Everything is transferred through the network of the posts and beam framing. A log home is a um, weight-bearing structure where the walls actually carry the load, not the, the framing. So you can tweak a log home to the point where if you want to use structural insulated panels in a log home, it can be done, not in a full log home. So there are two schools of thought where some people really are looking for that structural insulated envelope. Um, they want the R value, which oh, they improve R values all the time. I want to say a structural insulated panel, something like R37. I'm not 100% sure. I'm right. Right, yeah. It's pretty high. Um, and some people really are want that, but they do want the log look. So they use the equivalent of what's log siding in the industry, they call it half logs. So they basically take a log, split it down the middle, 
and then put the structural insulated panel inside and then uh-huh. apply the either side of the log to the inside and the outside. So it looks like a full log wall, even though it's not. That's very cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, And then they might use structural insulated panels for the roof. That's becoming more and more common on a log home is to be Mm. able to capture the thermal properties of the structural insulated panels, but they do it in the roof system as opposed to the wall system. Um, The interesting thing about logs that a lot of people don't realize is that if you looked at the R value, everything, everybody's familiar with R value and the insulation industry has ingrained the idea of R value into our heads, which is fine. You know, I mean, that's totally valid. But when you look at the R value of an individual log, it's not that high, you know, log by log and R, they don't have a high R value. However, when you put a log and another log and another log into a wall system, you create something called thermal mass, which is something that even a structural insulated panel doesn't have. A stick frame home doesn't have. Bat insulation absolutely does not have thermal mass, which is essentially the, in basic terms, it's the ability to absorb energy or heat and then release it over time. Um, the example that we often use that people can kind of relate to is if you put a stone out in the sun and then you leave it out there all day and it's baking in the sun and then you come bring the stone inside, that stone will continue to radiate. It will absorb the warmth of the sun and it will continue to radiate mm-hmm. it long after it leaves the sun's rays. Um, logs do the same thing. So wow. where you may not necessarily have a high R value in a log wall, you have the thermal mass. The larger your logs are, the more thermal mass you have. So it's like a natural insulator um, that people just don't get all that familiar with. And so I think that's a that's a pretty cool feature of log homes that needs people really need to understand it a little bit better. Yeah, I remember also including a paragraph of that in my book about the thermal insulation. And also it naturally absorbs carbon. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of nature's oldest eco-friendly, Yep. you know, for centuries and centuries it's been eco-friendly. But, you know, getting back to the difference between a timber home and a log home, what, what I, I'm just guessing here, but would you say that log homes are more popular for like second homes or maybe people living off the grid or smaller homes and the timber homes are more the larger architectural, you know, year round living and waterfront ranch style. Maybe that was true at one time. Um, Not so much anymore. Um, One of the advantages timber frame homes have is that they blend a little bit easier because you can put, half logs or some sort of log treatment to the exterior of a timber frame home. But the beauty and and the, um, the the structural framework of a timber frame home is all on the interior. You can put as much on the exterior as you want or don't want, but the framework is all inside and it's enclosed. So if you live in a subdivision that's got some covenant issues or you have to comply with certain things, but you really want a timber frame home, you can do that. Um, And then you can easily comply. Log homes are more challenging in that regard because, you know, they're obviously a very specific look on the outside. Um, and where once they were more like cabin in the woods getaways, now yeah. we see, you know, they're, they're so commonly, um, not only, you know, primary homes, but forever homes. 
people mm. are you know really gravitating toward them as like the last home they'll ever own. You know, it's the dream home. They're finally going to make it happen. It's their full-time residence. They bought their perfect property on the bluff of a cliff or, you know, along the lakeshore or whatever, you know, floats their boat. And this is, you know, their full-time residence. And while we're still seeing, you know, we're actually, we're seeing, you know, two, three, four, 5,000 square foot homes that are actually second homes, oh, believe it or not. I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> we're seeing a lot of them more and more become primary residences for people. And the timber frames have often been primary residences. You know, they, they've been popular as primary residences, but those are, those are vacation homes as well. It's like whatever you want. You know, there are no rules anymore. You can just, you know, whatever you want to live <laughs> in, true. you do you. <laughs> Well, well, speaking of no rules, I have to ask you this, and dreams, of course. Do you see a growing interest in log and timber homes because of the television show uh, that we've been seeing, Yellowstone? Yellowstone. <laughs> like, you know, like people dreaming about John Dutton's living room, <laughs> and of course, having that glass of scotch in front of that gorgeous fireplace every night. I mean, so tell, you know, tell, I think our audience might be curious. On you know what are you hearing from the industry? You know what's funny about that. So when I started in this industry back in 2000, the primary buyer of these type of homes were the baby boomers, and it was clearly they were enamored with them because they grew up on shows like Bonanza and how <laughs> these these westerns where these people lived in these log cabins and everybody wanted their little log cabin. And, and it, it was a thing, you know, I mean, they really, that's where they got their introduction. They associated it with good memories of their childhood and, and like the adventure of the shows and everything. And now we have a whole new version of that for millennials in Yellowstone where yes, absolutely. You know, there is a resurgence of interest. I mean, they've always been, they kind of teeter along with these little spikes, you know, where it's like everybody, you, you either love a log home. It's a passion purchase. You know, it's not necessarily because you need a house. You know, you don't buy a log home because you need someplace to live. You buy a log home or a timber frame home because you love them and you want that natural lifestyle and no other home is going to do. And now we're seeing that in the younger generation because of shows like Yellowstone, because of, you know, even Christmas time. I always kind of laugh at Christmas time when, you know, somebody wants to convey a feeling of family togetherness and warmth. You know, the commercial inevitably has a happy little family congregating in a log home, you know, next to the fireplace. You know, it's just they create this ambiance of feeling snug and natural and, you know, just getting back to basics and being in tune with what's important. And we find that, you know, in a lot of different medium. Oh, I, I agree. I mean, the last vacation I took with my daughter and my grandchildren who, you know, they were, you know, they were both in college at the time and, you know, it was like, okay, where are we going to go? And I rented this gigantic log house in upstate New York and it had a huge fireplace. And of course, since my grandson was a little boy, he loved tents and log cabins. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like camping. It's like sleepaway camps for grownups. Yeah, that's true. And, I, and I'll tell you, it's like 
uh, the kids, every, we just had such a nice time. And of course, we we're on a lake, but it was that exposed beam ambiance that just takes your breath away while mm-hmm. you totally relax. There were four of us. We all had our own bedrooms. I mean, originally the plan was that I, my bedroom was going to be upstairs. And then when we found out that the bathroom was on the first floor, I walked out and said, Grandma is not going downstairs in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> so <laughs> I switched rooms. Or maybe it was the opposite. I can't remember. Maybe the bath the bathroom was upstairs. But anyway, you know, there's something so magical about it. But, you know, I think it depends on where you live, Donna, like how much land is available. So how do people find land? And I know that your magazine gives a lot of really good advice about acquiring land and setting up land and getting all of the fees and all of that. And, you know, I can't say enough wonderful things about your magazine because I I find that the guides, you know, I, I read a whole expert guide from, you know, someone that has been working with your magazine for a long time that is in the home, the log home manufacturing business. And I really loved his advice about, you know, the floor plan, and if it's your forever home, you're going to have the bedroom on the first floor. You know, hence, like the story I just shared about my own family. It's like you're thinking in advance. Mm-hmm. But for but for younger families today, if they still have kids in school, I mean, are you seeing people that have jobs in the city and maybe even they're renting an apartment or they're living in a condominium? They want they They want to have a shorter commute to work. They want their kids to stay in school and they are driving, you know, 90 or 100 miles away and buying that second home without really changing their kids' school or lifestyles. Are you seeing more trends in that demographic for people? I think people with younger families tend to look for land that, um, is a little bit closer to those kinds of things. I mean, it, yeah. it, it's not a, a, you know, it's not a secret that finding raw land is tougher and tougher. Um, developers like to go in and buy up large tracts of land and build what they want on them. Um, you just, honestly, the best advice is to work with a real estate agent, you know, uh, where, wherever the agent or wherever the property is that you're interested. I agree. In, you know, just yeah. find yourself a good realtor who understands, you know, land, because there are considerations when you're buying raw land. You want to make sure that, you know, you can have a septic system. Nine times out of 10, if you're buying land that's out in the country, you're not going to be able to tap into a lot of municipal um, utilities. Usually electric isn't a problem, but a lot of people are going solar these days anyway. You know, um, we're seeing more and more of that as people are trying to be a little bit more off the grid, um, provide their own you know, services. But the big one is, is septic, you know, because the land has to have an appropriate septic field and a reserve field. So you have to make sure that your property is going to be able to support that. Um, and a good experienced realtor that understands the region that you're looking to buy in will be able to guide you in the right direction. Like no matter the age though, no matter the age of whoever is buying the homes, one thing that we always recommend is, you know, it sounds so romantic to have a cabin in the woods. You know, it's like everybody kind of has this dream of being nestled and away from civilization and only like venture into civilization when you want to. 
But especially as you're getting older, you know, well, for the younger group, it's like, you know, school and, you know, things like that are consideration, but for everybody. And as you age, it gets more prevalent. Do you really want to drive an hour to get to the grocery store? You know, what if you have a medical emergency? How close is the nearest hospital? You know, how, um, how close are emergency services? If there's a fire, you know, how close are you, you know, to any kind of, you know, fire company that's going to be able to get to you in a reasonable amount of time? So these are all things you really need to consider. How just how far off the grid are you willing to go and how far off of society are you willing to go? I mean, the the pandemic for all of its horrendousness, you know, did one thing for people and that kind of made them take a look at life in general and what's important and how do you really want to live? And we've seen this resurgence or insurgence of people that are just fleeing from not only big cities like New York or LA, but even, you know, heavily populated towns, like even the area that I live in outside of Washington, DC, you know, I mean, we're the suburbs, but, you know, traffic is bad and, you know, there's overcrowding and people are just trying to get away from that. And, um, the pandemic kind of opened up some opportunities where you don't necessarily have to commute to work anymore. A lot of people are still working and they're able to make this lifestyle happen for themselves a lot sooner than they ever thought possible. Cause a lot of people feel like they have to wait until they retire. And, and that was true. You know, it's like, you know, if you really wanted this lifestyle, commuting into a city every day to go to work was not super appealing. And so you just kind of decided, okay, well, one day when I retire, I'll build my dream log home. I'll dream, build my dream timber home. But then um, all of a sudden it's like, well, I can kind of work from anywhere now, as long as I can get an internet connection. And we're seeing a much younger group of people that are embracing the lifestyle sooner than they ever thought possible. Well, you said the magic word, the internet connection. Yeah. You know, because because no matter how badly somebody wants to live off the grid, I mean, I mean, you can buy a, a, a steel container, tiny home on Amazon. I mean, people are seeing these advertisements for tiny homes and, you know, zero carbon homes, prefabricated homes that are delivered to a building site. And then it's great for people who want to live off the grid until they find out they have to spend 150 or $200 a month for satellite inter- because there's no internet service. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, any age, most people are just not going to live without Wi-Fi. Right. <laughs> and so, I mean, finances, I mean, the average home in America is about $400,000 now. The average mortgage is creeping toward $300,000. And we have people that don't even have fifteen dollars or $20,000 in the bank, you know, to get a down payment. Right. So, so one of the things I wanted to talk about before we close to our financing, when I don't, I don't like to ask, you know, my, my guests, you know, what products cost on the air, but what I, I, I just want to use a couple of examples. If somebody were buying a log home package for say $300,000 and they already own a piece of land, what are you hearing about the down payment requirements and are these homes meeting the requirements of Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, FHA, and VA? What's, mm, 
really know if I am the best person to answer that question. I think, um, yeah, I don't really know how to answer that. Everybody's circumstances are different. Right. Um, so we don't necessarily get into that too much. Um, yeah. I mean, there are people who pay cash, you know, they just, you know, they've been saving forever and, you know, they have a home to sell and they sell that home and they take all of the equity that was in that home and they go to their log home company and they literally pay cash and have no mortgage. Um, that happens a lot with second homes for sure. Um, of course. And, you know, there are people who do traditional financing that, you know, they put 20% down. Um, one thing that we, that's a kind of important to keep in mind because the, this is a home you're going to build, you know, like we're assuming we're talking about, you know, homes, you know, like custom homes, not a log home that's existing yeah. that right. you would buy like any other home. Um, yeah. They operate a little bit differently in the financing to construction process where, um, and it comes down to your bank. When you're, if you're going to have some financing, you want to make sure that you work with a bank that understands log home construction. We're going to, let's just go with log for simplicity. Good advice. Timber homes are kind of in the same vein, but let's just use log as an example. Um, Because if you don't, there's, they operate on what's called draw schedules and every custom home operates on a draw schedule. When you're talking about a traditional style home, like a stick frame, you know, traditional home, the two by fours, a two by four is a two by four is a two by four. You know, the, the general contractor will put in an order for how many two by fours or two by sixes or two by eights he needs and the materials delivered. When you're talking about a log home, those logs and timbers are custom cut for your house. So they are very specific to you. So if you were going back to the the two by four, two by six example, if something changes and, you know, you have a change order and, you know, you need different materials or you need more materials, those, those materials can always be repurposed for another project. It's a lot more difficult to take the logs and then repurpose those for somebody else's project. So what hmm. happens in the financing is that before a log home manufacturer will start to cut your package, they want a percentage of that upfront, like good faith money, because they're putting the time and materials and labor into actually crafting the package. Um, banks don't quite understand that. Traditional banks that don't know log home financing don't understand that. So they don't really want to pay for something that has not physically been delivered to the site. They usually will release draw money when materials are delivered on site and the builder or general contractor acknowledges receipt of those materials. The local right. company wants money before it ever ships the package to the site. So um, there are banks out there um, that will specialize. Um, one key phrase you may want to have your listeners um, talk to banks about is systems built construction, which log and timber homes fall into the systems built category, as do modular mm-hmm. homes, panelized homes, co- uh, concrete block homes, tilt up concrete homes. Those all fall into what's called system building. And um mm-hmm. A bank that understands or has a division that works in systems built is going to be a lot easier to work with than a traditional, you know, local mortgage lender that doesn't understand those intricacies of the building process. 
Yeah, that's great advice, Donna, because you know that's you know that's my whole background, and you know you just can't shop online and, and look for the lowest rate and get your approval in fifteen minutes. I mean, if, you know, if you're looking to build a home, whether it's a modular, you know, zero carbon or you know any kind of prefab systems built home. I think a community-based institution that knows the local area and knows the zoning and the procedures of the town and city planning committee, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a big fan of that. So, you know, thank you for all that advice. So I wanted to ask you, don't be afraid to brag about what a fabulous magazine. You've been the editor there for all, you know, like two decades and. (laughs) I, I like I like the fact that everything is so tailored for resources. You know, it's not it's not like what you see online when, when you just can't Google the information and expect to get quality types of information. So, do you have any tips for people if they're just thinking about getting started? Uh, I'm sure anyone listening today has learned so much. You've explained so beautifully about the concepts, but, you know, any advice that you want to say in closing? Um, I think the biggest thing to remember is that, you know, this is your home and you have every right to get everything just the way you want it. But it's important to remember that it is a process um, we, I work with a builder named Dan Mitchell a lot. He's a builder down in uh, Sevierville, yeah. Tennessee. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about buyer expectations, homeowner expectations. You know, he's always telling me, he said, you know, job sites are, are dirty places. You know, they, there's a lot of, um, times where it looks like nothing is happening, but something is, you know, and, and it's just, there's a certain amount of, of patience that's required, um, don't be afraid to invest the time into getting your floor plan exactly the way you want it. The more work you do up front, the less opportunity there'll be for costly change orders down the road. That's um, good and advice. A lot less opportunity for disappointment where you get your house and it's not really how you want it. It's like, don't be afraid to invest the time into getting it right the first time. Yeah. So Donna, how do people find you? Is it www.loghome.com? Um, that's one of our sites. Yep. Let's say you can find me just about anywhere. Um, you find us online at loghome.com. That is our log home specific website. Um, we do, even though Log and Timber Home Living Magazine is one joined magazine because we want to feature all of the different options side by side. Um, for those people who really are looking for either log home information or timber frame home information, we maintain two different websites so that they can just get into the specifics of the genre that they're interested in. So for log homes, it's loghome.com. For timber homes, it's timberhomeliving.com. Um, we also have another website called uh, cabinlife.com, which oh, actually... Really? Yeah, it does. Um, log and timber homes are included in there too, but it um, expands to all different kinds of cabins. Um, it's, you know, stick frame cabins, concrete, cabins, you know, any kind of cabin is game um, on cabinlife.com. We also talk a little bit more about the cabin lifestyle. Um, there's more of a lifestyle element to that website as well. 
Um, and we're on all the social platforms. Um, we have Facebook for all the different uh, genres, um, as well as Instagram. Most recently, um, although we've had a YouTube channel for a couple years, we've decided to just really kind of amp that up. Um, so we're on YouTube now as well. And there's lots of really awesome content that we're putting up there, including uh, I've been recording audio home tours. So kind of like my version of oh. where we're taking some of the home tours that we've done in print. And I'm actually narrating the story. We're providing photos and insights into those homes on YouTube as well. So that's, um, that's been proving, you know, really pretty popular. People are liking them. So I've got my own books on tape version now. <laughs> but uh, yes. so yeah, we're everywhere. And you can subscribe. If you go to any of those websites, there's a, a link to subscribe. Um, if you happen to be out at Barnes and Noble, we're there too. Um, and pretty much any, any major book retailer, you can, you can find our magazine there as well. Right. Well, well, I guess that I'm everywhere. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, if if our listeners don't have a pen handy, no worries, because these three websites, Log Homes, Timber Home Living, and CabinLife.com are going to be clickable on my website. And, the you know, the podcast distributors, I can usually put one main website, but not all of them. But... Mm-hmm. Just go to my my website anadesimone.net and some of the some of the resources that Donna has just mentioned will be included. Okay, Donna, I hope we talk again at some time soon and see what this year brings. All right, sounds good. Thank you so much and take care. Thanks, Anna. Thank you for joining us today on the Live in a Home That Pays You Back podcast. We hope you tune in again where we'll share more insider secrets so you get the absolute most out of your home. Check out Anna Simone's award-winning book, Live in a Home That Pays You Back. Available at Amazon and major booksellers in print, audio, and ebook. For more information, visit anadesimone.net. If you like what you heard, remember to follow Live in a Home That Pays You Back and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.